are so many different ideas about good health. How do you separate the myths from the facts? Welcome to Healthy View Radio with your trio of co-hosts, Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus. Today, you'll learn what it takes to be healthy and happy within a stressful world from three experts walking their talk. Here is Lisa, Andrea, and Michelle. Welcome to Healthy View Radio, everybody. I am Michelle Fenighaus, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Andrea Beeman and Lisa Lutan. Thank you to our sponsor, Atrantil. Save 10% at lovemytummy.com slash HVR. Today, we're going to be talking about genetics. Super nerdy topic today. I can't wait to get into it with naturopathic doctor Jen Stagg. And more specifically, you know, what we'll really talk about is how we can play an active role in our destiny regardless of what the stupid DNA says. <laughs> so if you've got those 23andMe results or whatever, you know, everyone's doing these days, or if you've been curious about what's going on inside your genetic pool, stick around. I just want to throw out there right off the bat that one of the ways that we can influence our genetics is the vitamins and minerals that we absorb from our food and supplements, right? That's one important way to influence the expression of genes. I'm sure we're going to talk more about that. But speaking of supplements, I don't know if you guys saw this. I posted a picture on Facebook earlier this week. Everyone's always asking me, what supplements do you buy? Specifically, what ones do you give to your kids? Like, people want to know the specifics on this. So I just took a picture of like, what I lay out in the morning for my kids. And um, it's been working pretty well, by the way, except I did have one of them home with pink eye. Luckily, not today, or he would be in my lap talking into my microphone right now. <laughs> but if you guys are curious what brands I'm using, um, check out facebook.com slash findyourbalance. We'll put the link in the show notes. And um, one of those brands, by the way, I'll give you a hint, is Zoller's Vitamin D3. And you can get Zoller's on Amazon, so it's really easy. And I've got a direct link for you. It's zollerd3.com, and that will show you all of their D3 D3 products, and then you can use this code at checkout to save a whopping 35%. And the code is HVRZD335. So what do we think about this whole field of genetics, you guys? Have you had your DNA tested? Um, I actually haven't had my DNA tested, but I'm pretty sure that I'm a human being. Uh, That's what I'm I'm thinking. That's a possibility. Uh, Lisa, you were going to say something? (laughs) So I actually did the testing with Dr. Jen Stagg that she's going to talk about today. And I reviewed my results with her and it was actually quite fascinating. Oh, can't wait actually, to hear about that. Yeah, that's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Um, I remember you guys want to hear a fun story. Mm-hmm. Please. Like about, <laughs> I've got time. <laughs> How much time have you got? <laughs> um, I uh, like, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 years ago when I first started getting into health and wellness and all that stuff, um, I was uh, on the corner headed to Midtown for something. It was pouring rain and, uh, and, you know, I was hailing a cab and there was a woman next to me and she was, she pulled up after me. So she was hailing a cab too. So I got a cab and I said, come on, I'm going to Midtown. Where are you headed? And she goes, oh, I'm going downtown. She goes, thank you. I'll take it the other way. Right. So she hops in and we start talking because that's New York. That's what we do. The good New Yorkers. <laughs> that's good DNA. <laughs> so uh, we're talking and uh, she asked me what I do. And I said, well, I'm a you know, holistic health coach and natural food chef. And I teach people about food and healing. And she goes, well, how did you get into that? 
And I said, well, I had a thyroid disease and, you know, I healed it naturally. And she goes, well, how did you heal it? And I said, I said, well, you know, I started eating like seaweeds and whole foods. And she goes, well, of course you healed your thyroid. She goes, you ate seaweed. She goes, it's rich in iodine. You were probably iodine deficient. Of course you healed it. And I go, well, you know, and she told me she was a doctor and she was working on the genome project. Actually, oh. she was a scientist working on the genome project. And, um, and I said, my gosh, that's so interesting. If you know that, why, why wouldn't people just recommend seaweed to people? And she goes, who's going to eat it? <laughs> so <laughs> It's too much for people to think about. So she goes, well, why did you decide to do food in the first place? And I said, well, you know, I told her the story about my mom, you know, years prior being diagnosed with breast cancer. And, uh, and she goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. She goes, I'm working on the genome project. Your mom had breast cancer. She goes, you have to go get tested. And I said, no, no, I don't think I need to get tested. She goes, no. She goes, if your mom had breast cancer, you're 90% likely to have the breast cancer gene. And I said, I said, yeah, but... My mom, there was nobody before her that had the breast cancer in the family. She was the only one that had the breast cancer. I said, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> I don't think I need to get tested for that. And even if I had the gene, I wouldn't do the radiation or the chemotherapy or what they're doing now. You know, like uh, back then they actually, no, back then they were taking off the breast too. As soon as you found out you had the gene, they were like, okay, let me get him double mastectomy. What? What? Could? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. In my mind, some people may be okay with that. But uh, so that was my interaction. She was working on the Genome Project, and she said, your, your mom had breast cancer. You got to go get tested. And I'm thinking, that's, not, that's really not for me. That's not for me. So um, my gynecologist actually put a lot of um, pressure on me to get tested for the BRAC gene because I'm of Ashkenazic Jewish descent. And apparently there's a very high likelihood of having this BRAC gene. And I did get tested and thankfully I was negative. But what was so interesting was afterwards when I mentioned it to some friends and my sister, they're like, you shouldn't have done that. And I said, why? And there's a lot of fear now around getting tested because of the insurance implications. Yes. If you have a pre-existing condition or a gene, that maybe you will be declined proper coverage. And so this is a huge issue in this field right now. That is pretty scary. You know, even I know some people don't want to get uh, use the 23andMe or whatever the other tests are, because then that data is on record somewhere. Same implications for healthcare. But um, I had that situation come up, you know, with my pregnancies. They want, there's so many tests for this, for that, for this other thing. And some of it is genetic testing. And I think it always, it came down to, and the same thing with breast cancer or anything else. What will I do with that information? Mm -hmm. What do I plan to do? What if I find out that, at least according to the tests, which could, it could be wrong, uh, that my unborn baby has XYZ, then like, what am I going to do with that? And I declined, I actually declined all of the testing. They thought I was crazy, but um, you know, I just didn't want to do any of it when it came to that. For myself, I did have some testing done because I was really curious about the MTHFR uh, genetic <laughs> mutation, right? That's a hot topic these days, and I was really curious about it. And I learned some... Um, I learned a little bit about my own MTHFR issues, <laughs> but I learned about all this other cool stuff about my body and like why I can't handle alcohol very well and why I'll never be able to take an SSRI. Not that I would want to necessarily, but it wouldn't work for me. So I think there's a lot of really cool information 
Um, we don't always know what to do with the information, though, necessarily. <laughs> yeah, and also you have to be very careful because if somebody has a negative disposition and they get uh, the test that, the, you know, you got this gene for that or this thing that's going to cause this, if they start to think in their mind, oh, I have the gene for this cancer, I'm going to get this cancer, then they are going to start the process in their body of the physiological changes that they're actually going to manifest cancer right into this, their system, whether it's there or not. Because not every single gene, I'm sure Jen's going to talk about that today, genes, there's genes, something has to turn it on to express it. So the environment that it's kept in, I remember reading um, uh, Bruce Lipton's Biology of Belief. He was like one of the first, his science, the scientific community kind of ousted him 25 years ago when he talked about epigenetics, that the genes, they need something in the environment to express themselves, right? Whether it's the, the medium that they're held in, nutritional deficiencies, something will express that gene or not express it. And he also talked about how powerful our thoughts are, that our thoughts can express genes just the way that our food or our environment can express genes. Which is completely fascinating to me. What were you going to say, Lisa? I was going to say that um, this testing that I did was fascinating because there's no coincidences in life. Like I basically learned that I'm a food obsessed person and genetically (laughs) proven I I am genetically um, supposed to be this way. And for those of you who don't know, I wrote a book called Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Well, food obsessed is part of my DNA. Like I have food disinhibition. I can't even say the word. Uh, Is that because you're an Ashkenazi Jew? And you you like to, yeah. Disinhibited. What does that mean? You like to eat? I like to eat a lot. I never feel full. I have like a very high chance of being obese because I like so much. Poor little fatty. Um, all these things and so it was very validating for me because like my husband thought I was insane I'm like I never feel full like I, I can eat me and, and I never feel full and apparently there's a reason for this it's in my genes so it was very like kind of like oh it's not I'm not crazy yes that's exactly how I felt not so much that I learned anything new about myself but I found out a reason behind what I already knew about myself. Like I can take a child's dose. If I ever take a Tylenol because my kids are screaming and I have a splitting headache, I might take a Tylenol, I don't know, a couple times a year. I can take like a child's dose and it's enough for me. My husband will take two or three and still have a headache, right? And so I found out, you know, I'm not, I don't process things. I don't eliminate, you know, Things the way that somebody else might, and therefore a small or anesthesia. Woo! I react strongly to anesthesia. So refer back to our um, our episode about smoking pot. Remember, (laughs) 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 the substances in my body. (laughs) So what do you do with the information? I mean, has it changed your way of being since you've had this new information? The both of you gals. Well, I can say one thing that was super interesting for me was this exercise piece, because she said to me, like, well, are you the person, let me backtrack, like, I'm a person, I gain weight very easily, I lose weight very slowly. And she said, based on my tests, I should be doing more endurance exercise as opposed to weight training. Mm-hmm. I hate endurance, but I also have the sprinter gene found in Olympic athletes. Wow. <laughs> I like sprinting. I hate cardio. I hate long bursts of it, even though I do some of it. I much rather do weight training or that type of thing. And she said, well, did you find when you did weight training that you weren't getting def- definition? And I said, 
no, I wasn't. She goes, that's why you need to do more endurance training. So I thought, okay, I'll add an extra spin class in my life, you know, one more in a week and see if that helps anything. <laughs> but it was interesting because it definitely felt like that makes sense based on my own experiences. And if I can tweak a little and experiment, why not? Yeah, I felt the same way about the medication. You know, now I purposely take smaller doses because I, I know it's, I'm not just thinking I react strongly. I, I know I do. <laughs> and when I have, um, like I, have, I had to get a, a gum graft on my tooth and I had, I had one done, then I had to have the other one done. First one, oh, I felt terrible after that anesthesia. And the next time I went in, I told them that. And I said, can you give me a, a smaller amount you know, I don't need the full adult portion or the same amount that you would give a 300 pound man who has different genetics than I do. I need the baby amount. And that's fine. <laughs> I felt much better. I think there's implications for that, even in like emergency rooms um, or you know, any doctor setting. Like if you knew somebody's genetic profile, you may very well treat them differently. Yeah. And you may not date them. <laughs> or that. <laughs> That's what they have on the dating sites now. <laughs> Long walks on the beach, and here's my genetic mutation for being able to take out the trash. <laughs> so what do you think are the most important factors? Like, Andrea, you know, you were starting to talk about epigenetics and how it, you know, turns the genes on and off. And not only that, but it travels through generations, right? Mm -hmm. So we could turn a gene on today that benefits or doesn't benefit our great-grandchildren. What, what would be like your top three factors for influencing your um, epigenetics? Um, well, you know, first, I think you have to look at food. You have to look at food because your food is becoming you on a cellular level. So the genes are part of your cellular system. Uh, so I would say food, uh, lifestyle, and relationships, meaning um, relationship to yourself and relationship to other people, right? Because that's also creating your environment. Remember I talked about environment before? Uh, mm -hmm. So I think those would be my top three, but I'm not, I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised you didn't say uh, toxicity and personal care products. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's in there for sure. Um, but, you know, top three, uh, I'd say food environment. Did I say environment? Am I changing it now? <laughs> relationships, I think you said too. I like that yeah, one. Relationships, but with self and with other people. What do you think, Lisa? You know, I don't know much about epigenetics, even though I'm fascinated. And anytime I ever see a talk, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, I have to believe that gut biome and all that has a huge, you know, influence on that because it seems to be influencing everything in our health and lives. But I, I definitely agree about food. I think mindset you know, we like just being aware that I have a gene that gives me a higher risk of obesity. Well, that's like a wake up call. Yeah, I take care of myself. I exercise, I eat right. But that's something important to know because I, you know, very careful with sugar and everything. Well, that's a good thing because there are real consequences. I also have a higher risk for diabetes, apparently. So these are important things, not just vanity measures. They're real. They're really going to affect our health. I think so, you got way more information from your testing than I got from mine, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. Yours sounded pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did the, the 23andMe, Michelle? Yeah, and then I had a naturopathic doctor go over the results with me. 
Oh, I also found out that I'm not 100% Italian. What? Which was like a major piece of my (laughs) identity my whole life. I'm 100% Italian. Well, no, Michelle, you're only 70% Italian. (laughs) What's the other 30? Uh, Middle Eastern was uh, about 11%, which explains uh, the hair on my legs, all right? And then then everything else was kind of scattered. But you know what, guys? There's so much to learn about this topic. That's why we um, are inviting Jen Stagg on to talk with us today. I want to tell everybody a little bit more about her. Um, She's a biochemist turned naturopathic physician. Dr. Stagg has always been passionate about science and health. She started out as a doctoral student in biochemistry at the University of Iowa, but left the field of research to pursue a career as a physician so that she could work directly with patients to improve their health. Dr. Stagg graduated with a doctorate in naturopathic medicine from Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington. She's the owner of the Integrative Specialty Practice Whole Health Wellness Center. Dr. Stagg is a well-known expert in integrative medicine, a sought-after speaker, and has appeared on NBC, CBS, and ABC and Healthy View Radio, and she (laughs) continues to see patients at her private practice in Connecticut. And Dr. Stagg will be joining us in just a minute. Now's a great time to hit the little girl's room and grab a mug of something delicious. You guys want to see what I got in my mug today? It is Four (laughs) Sigmatics Mushroom Hot hot Cacao Mix with Reishi. And Reishi is known to boost immune function and help your body chill the heck out. They've got coffees and all sorts of mushroom-based drinks to make you a healthier, more energized, and downright sexy human being. So hop on over to foursigmatic.com slash HVR, and by using that link, you will save 15%. We'll be back after the break with Dr. Jen Stagg. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio, where whatever your genetic code is, we think you're downright fabulous, especially because you're joining us here every week. So you must have really, really smart genes. <laughs> and speaking of smart genes, with us today, we have Dr. Jen Stagg. She's a naturopathic physician who is passionate about helping people take charge of their health. She believes that we all deserve to fulfill our genetic potential. She's the author of Unzip Your Genes, Five Choices to Reveal a Radically Radiant You. And before we dive in and talk about how we can express our very best genes, let's get to know Dr. Jen a little more intimately and ask her a few questions. So hello, Doc. Welcome to Healthy View Radio. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're excited to have you. Are you ready for, we have uh, three questions that we like to ask our guests to really help you connect with our listening and our viewing audience. So um, what did you eat for breakfast today? What did I eat for breakfast today? This morning I had a smoothie. That's about it so far. What was in it? Um, well, so I use this frozen pack. I, I've discovered this, this great convenient uh, method to make a smoothie. So I used um, a pre-packaged organic spinach, kale, and berry pack, and then I mixed um, a, bana- a, a banana and Greek yogurt, and that's it, three ingredients. Oh, that and sounds this is like what a good I feed my kids in the morning, too. So this is the smoothie that works for everyone, and then I have it, too. Okay, good. Uh, what is the number one thing that you do every day that has the greatest impact on your life? Um, I would say, like, it's always a work in progress, but I would say practicing a positive mindset and um, really putting in the forefront my interactions and connections with everyone um, in my life. I like the way you're thinking. Uh, and then the final right. question is, what's your favorite guilty pleasure? My favorite guilty pleasure? Gosh, um, I don't know, because now I've, like, knowing so much about what food does to your genes that I would say, like, chocolate is uh, my pleasure, but um, I don't think it's guilty anymore. <laughs> I don't have any guilt about it anymore. Taking the guilt out. Uh, <laughs> it's good for your genes. Chocolate's great for your genes. It's good for your microbiome. Um, so it's a good thing. All right. Well, uh, that works. I think that works for all the hosts. <laughs> and have, most of the viewers. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm a big advocate myself of using food as medicine, including whole grains. And I was really happy to see that you have not jumped on the anti-grain bandwagon. So can you tell us, you know, tell our audience a little bit more about your research on that topic and how whole grains can impact their health and possibly their gene expression? Yep, sure. So there are actually components in, uh, phytoactive components in grains that can't really be found in, in um, other foods. And so we've seen quite a number of really large-scale studies that show the positive health benefits of people who eat whole grains, even as much as prolonged long- longevity. And um, these phytoactives 
uh, interact with our genes. So again, like the, the key thing that I want people to understand is that it's really important to get a lot of diversity in your diet. So if you're just eating the same group of foods all the time, um, great, you're getting enough, you know, if these are mostly plant-based foods, okay, good, you're getting enough fiber, you're getting enough like total plants, but it turns out that diversity is far more important than the actual total quantity of plants in your diet. I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm also a big believer as well of um, local and seasonal eating, and your food should change with every season. Uh, yeah, so that's, absolutely. Yeah, and so, and so research is starting to really define why that, that's the case, and um, it impacts not only our genome, so we have, you know, so, so many, uh, you know, thousands of genes in our genome, but then there's the genome of our gut bacteria, which um, has somewhere on the order of like 10 times more genes, but maybe a little bit more than that. Um, but these compounds are also affecting the bacteria, which then um, um, affects our health as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that food plays a huge part in the expression of the genes. Um, can you also share with us about epigenetic modification and how our stressful or negative thoughts can influence our gene expression as well? Yeah. So, it's interesting because we... You know, we probably a lot of people have heard about how stress affects your body in terms of cortisol levels. And so we think big picture and, and think about what cortisol does to our body, affecting blood sugar levels, affecting deposition of fat in your midsection. So everyone kind of like labels cortisol as, you know, the bad guy, which is true. But really, ultimately, what's happening is that cortisol is impacting the epigenetic pattern. And so trying to not be too technical, um, our DNA basically gets tagged, and this process is called methylation for most of it. There are a couple of other chemical processes that occur, but the methylation pattern of our genes, which is what happens, what we call our epigenome, is influenced in a negative way from cortisol. So cortisol actually affects the genome, and that's why it's such a, such a big deal. Hmm. With that, because um, uh, Michelle was talking about earlier the MTHFR gene, which is one of the methylator genes, uh, would that also affect that gene as well? Um, yeah, so that has to that ha- does have to do with how many methyl groups you have available. So it gets really complex because in some cells, having your genes hypermethylated is a positive thing. In other cells. Um, it's a negative uh, thing. So you really want to have the right level and more optimal levels of methylation. Um, and, and so that MTHFR gene is important. It's important to know that you have that. But it's really interesting because when people are under more stress, and that could be physical stress, that can certainly be, for the most part, it's emotional stress, um, that affects our genes. And so, you know, I can have patients who have, like, you know, they're homozygous for MTHFR, you know, the 677 more, more significant mutation. And in good times, things can be good. In bad times, things can go really bad. And this helps to explain why, um, you know, someone gets to college and they never really had a problem with depression or anxiety, and then it hits them. And how many times do you hear this story of like, oh, when I hit college, this is when I ended up on antidepressants. And many years later in life, like I just had a patient last week in her 60s, and this is when it started for her, and this was the first time she was tested, and she was homozygous and had been on medicines for years. 
And it was really enlightening to see, um, and especially for her, to see um, kind of what made maybe played such a role in that for her. So if she had been aware of this back in her 20s, what would she have done to change that? So then making sure um, she has all of the right. So obviously with the MTHFR, taking some pre-made methylfolate, the MTHF um, supplement, can can make a difference for people. It can make a big difference. Some people it makes you know more of a difference than others. And then there are other genes that can affect that as well. So then, not only do we test for MTHFR, we'll test for um, the COMP gene, and that could be playing a role too. So you want to make sure that that's balanced. And and you know there are a host of different genes that are involved in neurotransmitter production. And um, you you know if it if it's not you know clear cut, then you need to dig a little bit more. Um, earlier, we were talking about um, the uh, BRCA gene, and what are your thoughts about the millions of women getting tested for the gene, and then if they're positive, electing to remove their breasts? Do you do you think there is another option for them? Uh, well, yeah, I mean it's such a personal issue, but I have had you know I've had women in my practice who have had the you know they've had mastectomies when they've had been tested positive, and certainly you know that's a that's a personal choice, um, um, but at least they have the knowledge that you know they wouldn't have had otherwise if they didn't have gene testing done. And I actually had a patient who before a couple few years back before 23 and me when they initially had to switch to not reporting she just on a whim had 23 and uh, 23 and me test and found out she was BRCA positive and she had like I believe this case she had been adopted so she had no family history to go by and so she just happened to have it done and found out that she was BRCA positive and did elect to have mastectomy and um that was the right cho- I, she felt like that was the right choice for her so what, with all of this, the, the gene expression going on, you know, like your ability to turn it on and switch it off and all that, what are your top three things that we can do right now to express our best genes? Yep. Yeah. So I would say um, it's a close, t- I almost can't even order them because the evidence just continues to build every day that it's hard to even get an order of which one is more important. But, you know, the most important, I wouldn't say in level of one, two, three, I would say for sure our food and our food, this is that the whole concept of nutrigenomics, what's going in our bodies. Food is a certainly very complex um, uh, piece of chemistry. So it has a lot of different phytochemicals and we know that impacts our genes. But then food also contains toxins as well. So having like clean food is really important um, to a important part of the equation. The other thing, and I actually just posted on my Facebook page about this yesterday, was um, relationships. So actually what I would characterize as love, so this was a study that looked at babies who were cuddled more, had more skin-to-skin contact, and so they actually characterized that for the first weeks of their lives and then tested this DNA methylation pattern years later, and the babies who were cuddled more had better epigenetic expression, so they actually had like better methylation patterns. So here's, you know, great evidence to um, look at that. 
And we also even know um, from long-term studies that people who um, live longer have better, tend to, you know, describe better relationships, better sense of connectedness and community. And we know that um, increases uh, longevity, but it's a bigger risk factor than um, smoking or being an alcoholic or even being obese. So this is kind of something people don't talk about much about this sense of community and connectedness and having meaningful relationships. Um, so top two. Um, uh, and then the third one, um, I kind of go back and forth on this, but probably um, physical activity. So physical activity, even like one exercising, just like one workout, you can test someone afterwards and they have a different methylation pattern in their genes. Um, But then long-term exercise and activity is really important as well for um, genetic expression. Oh, that's fantastic. And I know that you're working with our Lisa. How are you going to get her to move? (laughs) (laughs) One more spin class, Lisa. (laughs) I do work out every day of the week. (laughs) You know, she has a tendency to be obese, so we have to to get her going. I think she has the activity level covered. I think she's good there. (laughs) Shift it. Shift it a little. Uh, Michelle, you have anything for Dr. Jen? Um, well, I was, you know, when we were talking about the uh, MTHFR gene and how some people take methylfolate, I had a question for you, Dr. Jen. I yeah. tried that and yeah. um, I got crazy insomnia when I took the methylfolate. And it taught, taught me that number one, you know, I probably didn't have the right dose or perhaps the right brand. Number two, this is just a lot more complicated than like, here's the problem and we're going to fix it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what I was mentioning about that you could have other genes in that pathway in the methylation cascade that could be affected. And so then you could potentially have adverse effects from it. Sometimes people go too high too quickly, a subset of the population. We basically, um, you know, my approach is I titrate people up really slowly, even though only a small proportion of people could have a problem on a high dose initially. And high doses are not necessarily the solution for everyone, but for some people, a high dose makes a really big difference. So this is that whole concept of individuality. So working with a doctor who really understands all those concepts um, and gets you as a person that you're an individual and maybe how you process one thing is different than some, you know, another patient, um, that all comes back to genetic complexity. So, yeah, like I, I've definitely seen patients who are very, very sensitive to methylfolate, and um, in those cases there's a lot more going on than just that one gene. Hmm. So I, too, had tried methylfolate because I tested positive for that gene as well, and I got yep. terrible stomach cramping from that. Is that a typical side effect as well? Yeah, I've seen that before too. Like I have a patient um, who is super sensitive and now she does well on just a little bit of methylfolate. So for her, she takes like somewhere like around 600 micrograms of methylfolate and it makes a big difference. And this is a woman who was um, on disability with depression and anxiety, but she goes over that level, she ends up with like chronic diarrhea. So for her, it does manifest as a GI symptom. So we've just been able to, you know, refine her dosage um, really specifically. And then, I, you know, I have another patient who took methylfolate and she had a history of depression and 
had taken medicines and just didn't like the side effects. And for her, she took methylfolate and she wanted to try going higher just to see what it would do. And she got up, she was doing 15 milligrams, which if anyone's familiar with Deplin, like that's a common dosage that people could be given. And for her, she felt fantastic, but she was actually having sexual side effects at that level, similar to what had happened with her with an SSRI. And um, we just titrated her back down to about 12 is her sweet spot. And she feels fantastic on that. And then certainly we're balancing her out with other B vitamins. Sometimes people need NAC. Some people need some other cofactors. And then always, you know, we're working on lifestyle as well. Yeah, so it does sound like it can be a little bit complicated for folks. So, you know, I I think they need to get with someone who's professional doing this like you. So where can listeners go to learn more about you, Doc? Um, So our website is wholehealthllc.com, and we're in Avon, Connecticut, so we're up in central Connecticut. We have a group practice. We have three naturopaths, a um, nurse gynecologist. We practice acupuncture. My husband is actually a chiropractor acupuncturist here. Um, And so we do a lot of that work in our practice. But, you know, there are many practices similar to ours all over the country. So you really want to, like, kind of do your research and look at what um, your providers in your area are tending to do um, work with, like if they have experience working with people on the level of um, doing genomic testing. Um, and that might be, you know, a functional medicine practice or maybe an MD. Um, so there are a lot of different types of providers. It could be a chiropractor that has extra training. Um, it could be a nurse practitioner. But there, there are a lot of us now. Um, a lot of doctors within um, the Institute of Functional Medicine have this training. Um, so luckily, there's more and more of us. That's fantastic. And I'm, I hope that everybody checks out your website. And I want to thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today and sharing with us how to express our genes. Oh, great. Thanks. It's so great to be here. Okay, so we need to take a short little break, and when we come back, we'll be speaking with Nicole Worth. Nicole is a body worker who specializes in lymph. She helps her clients heal themselves and gain back lost energy so they can prevent disease and live longer and more vital lives. Nicole educates her clients on the lymphatic system, the emotions, and taking care of their bodies with reverence. And this is very powerful work and exactly what we're talking about today, so you don't want to miss this. Uh, And right now, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Giovanni Echo Chic Cosmetics for their natural and stylish products. You can choose from gel, mousse, hairspray, leave-in conditioner, vitamin hair treatments, and reconstructors. And uh, that's uh, to find out more about Giovanni, head over to GiovanniCosmetics.com forward slash HVR. That's G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I Cosmetics.com forward slash HVR. And you'll get access to a $2 downloadable coupon. And everybody wants a good deal. And we want you to have the best stuff at the best prices. So stay right where you are. And we'll be right back with Nicole Worth, body worker extraordinaire. <laughs> Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighouse, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. 
Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighouse with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Lisa Lutian. I'm here today with Andrew Beeman and Michelle Fennighouse. And our show, our segment today, is brought to you by Zoller. Visit www.zollerd3.com. That's Z-A-H-L-E-R-D-3.com. Now, we were just speaking with Dr. Jen Stagg about genetics, and I had mentioned that based on the genetic testing that I did, I realized that my difficulty in feeling full was not my fault at all. And so when I totally pigged out at Thanksgiving and got really sick, it wasn't my fault. Not your fault. Not your fault. (laughs) I felt so much better knowing that. But truthfully, I did feel pretty awful. And I was about as bloated as I've ever been. So I was really, really happy, no kidding, to have Atrantil with me. Because this stuff is a lifesaver for me when I get out of whack with my eating. And literally, a couple days later, I feel great again. So Atrantil, if you're a bloater like me, nothing better. Anyway. Our next guest today is Nicole Worth, who is a body worker who specializes in lymph, and she supports her clients in natural weight loss, eliminating chronic pain, and strengthening their immune systems. Nicole, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so great having you here today. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up working with the lymph system. Well, it's something I took actually as a massage therapist, so that was 17 years ago. Um, And so I started out with just, you know, a weekend class and working on uh, a few sprained ankles, mostly family members and friends, but started um, actually working more and more with um, cosmetic surgeries and things like that, more and more complex. And I just found um, that uh, I found actually a mentor um, in France that specialized in a specific type of working the immune system and the lymph system and was just amazed by it, losing weight immediately with it. So um, what, the more I tried to find other people that were doing lymph work um, at the level that I was doing it at, I couldn't really find anybody. I had to travel um, all over the world to, to find them. 
Um, so that's kind of how I got uh, connected to it was uh, personal and then uh, professional. So when you're doing this lymph work with people, is it primarily body work or is it incorporating the foods they eat and lifestyle as well? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, it is like an all-inclusive approach for sure, um, getting lots of certifications and education around other aspects outside of just knowing the body work of the lymph system. But um, it's really key to um, go to the lymph expert for any kind of uh, health protocol that you're, you know, uh, working with. Um, there's just information that I feel like isn't out there enough um, around the lymph system, how it functions. So what kind of information isn't out there that we would want to know? Um, I think primarily um, a lot of people want to know self-stimulation tools. And so the dry skin brushing is the number one way to stimulate, self-stimulate. Um, uh, body work moves, uh, you know, 30 times or 80 times more fluid. So body work, there is really no substitute for going for a lymph massage. And yet if you were doing something every single day, uh, self-stimulating, that's, that's going to be a, a powerful tool. Nicole, I'm a big fan of massage, and I wish that you lived in New York so I could send my New York clients to you, but I'll send everybody else to you. Uh, can you tell us the correlation between the lymphatic system and the immune system and how important they are? Um, sure. I actually just think of them as so synonymous, so it's almost like no separation for me personally talking about emotions versus the immune system versus lymph. I, it's really about self versus non-self. Mm. Um, so anything that, you know, from the very beginning when we were uh, born, we're given a certain set of uh, DNA and immune system at that point, um, whether it was, you know, given, passed in from the mother or from the father, or it's, I think of it as very unique for the individual. And so when we get that immune system that's so unique like that, um, it's, it's pretty um, important to... Oh my goodness, I'm losing sight of the question that you had. <laughs> no, you oh, did great. You did great. There's no separation yeah, between them. I, I think I really think of them as no separation. I guess that's what I, I was on is just self versus like non-self is really mm -hmm. kind of the key thing that I think really blows people's minds is that anything that's coming into the body that isn't originally supposed to be the way that you're supposed to be living or the way that you are um, physically supposed to be functioning, it's a threat. So... Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's what uh, ends up kind of being uh, what, the way that I work is what is kind of the threat for that immune system. So body work is really amazing just because it's so specific and custom to that immune system, right? So in the online program that I'm putting together covering the dry skin brushing, it's, it's got to be personal. I've, you've got to have contact with that lymph expert. It can't be something that you get on YouTube or, do you know what I mean? It's not a cut and dry way. Um, there's, there's not a food uh, protocol that necessarily works. Um, you, have to, you have to get to know that person and, and work with them that way, or they have to get to know their body better. That's really interesting, Nicole. You know, my mom's birthday just passed, and she opened up a box at the Thanksgiving table, had a dry brush in it for my aunt. And so everyone started talking, what is this thing? What is it? How do you use it? Here, I printed this off the internet and put it in these laminated sheets for you. That's what my aunt told my mom, you know, here, follow this. <laughs> 
and, and everyone else is going, what is lymph? And then my, everyone's trying to answer each other. No one knew. So just to be clear for everybody listening today, you know, what exactly is lymph? Is it uh, some sort of white substance that travels through our body or what? You got it. I mean, you have the general idea. It's basically a fluid in between the cells, right? Anything that's in between the cells is called interstitial fluid. And then it uh, goes into the vessels that are lymph and it becomes uh, lymph at that point. Um, but, you know, it's still all of the gen- uh, makeup of the body basically getting in there. Um, so any kind of trapped emotion or any type of uh, food that it, your body is sensitive to, or maybe at the time when you were eating it, you were um, upset about something. All of those sort of molecules get involved in that process um, and go into the lymph. Nothing um, is going to exit the lymph unless your body decides to let go of it. So I think that's kind of the um, concern with the dry brushing is that it's important to know those direct directions. It's like your body knows or needs that reminder of what of the right way to drain. Um, And so that's what's um, actually pushed me. I had a client come into my office who had a lot of swelling in her thighs, and she'd been to several different doctors and couldn't figure out how to fix the swelling, and everything was coming back fine. And this was kind of my moment this year where I was like, I really need to teach what I know about the lymph system in an online format because she was doing all these things that she had Googled and all these things that she had YouTubed, and None of them was right. We spent about two hours going over the right directions and getting things sort of squared away for her personally. And in the body working session, we found that it was actually um, drainage in the neck that was causing uh, problems in the thighs. So Mm -hmm. it's really a very complex, intricate system. It needs to be stimulated properly, and um, there's a lot of problems if it's not. Something, um, if somebody's uh, more on the healthier side, they don't have nodes removed, they, you know, uh, live a healthy lifestyle, whatever that means for them, right? They um, don't feel like they have any injuries or surgeries or things like that in their past. Um, This person's immune system, if they're doing the wrong type of direction, it's actually going to start to cause problems in their body um, because this is a highly compensatory system. So it's going to start to break down vessels that are, going to the right node to travel the stimulation that you are giving to it to where nodes aren't. And so over time, that person is going to start to have odd swelling areas or things that they can't manage. Um, So that's why it's important for any kind of health condition. So, Nicole, I'm kind of like a spa junkie. And (laughs) on the menu, they always have lymphatic drainage. And I have to be honest, it kind of grossed me out, just like the visual thought of like... They do it with slugs, right? Bloodletting. Your body. Looks like, ew, but it sounds like what you're talking about, that drainage actually is something else than it literally draining out of your body. So can you explain what that is? And if those lymphatic drainage massages on the spa menu are actually helpful for us? Okay, I missed a little bit of the beginning of your question, but um, I, I think you're wondering, actually, can you just repeat it again really quick? Because I missed a little bit of what you said the first part. Okay, so I've often seen lymphatic drainage as, or lymphatic drain or something like that on spa menus in a spa where they offer that as one type of massage. 
And I've always wondered, is that something that is really beneficial? And what does the word drainage actually mean? Because I mean, heard you just... Okay. So when you do a traditional massage, you're draining a lot of the... Uh, you are going to hit and uh, some of the pathways of the lymph vessels. And so you're going to be draining some of the lymph, um, sometimes intensely, right? If it's something kind of hardened in there or something like that. But the problem with the pressure from a massage is that it can break, actually, lymph vessels. So if you're already having an issue with your uh, lymph system um, congestion or, you know, allergies or things like that, um, you're going to have, you know, an issue with it actually breaking. So some people will think, oh, I drained too much or I, they went too deep. What happened is, is that they actually damaged, they were already damaged, the uh, pre-collectors or the certain types of vessels. And then when you go in and you try to move something through broken vessels, I mean, it's not going to come out of the body very easily, right, if all the vessels are broken already. Um, But you really should repair within about 24 to 48 hours if you go in for a just a traditional massage. Um, And then if you add in deep tissue, we've got real problems. So I've had a lot of people come into my office that are new uh, clients, and they, um, I can't even feel where the vessels are at all. There's so much um, like scarring and congestion that has hardened, that's calcified, that we have to we have to actually clear some of the other vessels just to drain out what's been broken in there. Nicole, this so is it's, crazy. It's, so drainage is about really light pressure, very specific directions so that we can actually create a volume and a vacuum in the system because it is a one-way system. And once we start creating that, we can actually then, it's almost like when lymph moves over hardened areas, when the water of the lymph moves over those hardened areas, it's almost like river over stones. It just smooths it out and breaks it down over time. So moving volume is important. Nicole, where can people find out more about all this amazing work you're doing? Sure. So you can go to, under my name, uh, website, NicoleWirth.com. And I am, uh, it's just this weekend only today, tomorrow, Sunday, um, you can sign up for my online dry skin brushing. It's the number one way to self-stimulate. Everybody's always asking me, you know, should I do certain breathing techniques? Should I, you know, what about walking? Those are some forms, but it's not the number one way. Like I was talking about getting fluid into the vessels. Uh, repairing vessels, things like that. It's going to require a dry brush and knowing the right directions. So that's going to be the number one way um, to interact with me. And there's two ways to actually sign up for that program. Some people don't want to know, like you were talking about all the you parts. Um, Some people don't want to know all of the uh, educational side of it, um, and they really do want just the directions. That's going to be the core program. And um, there'll be some bonuses in there and things like that, but it is just the core part of the program. And then if you want um, the all-inclusive, you'll get more information that way. We're so sorry. We're running out of time at the end of the show, but we wanted to thank you so much for coming on today. All right. Thanks for having me. Yes, stay tuned. So what are you guys, what are your takeaways today regarding genetics and lymph and everything else? Well, I think Michelle's auntie should sign up for Nicole's dry brushing, (laughs) (laughs) right? So she could get the information that she needs on how to brush it right. But I think that this is very important stuff. You know, like what Dr. Jen talked about, 
uh, about food being clean, about our relationships being good, about exercise. You know, we we are not victims. We don't have to be victims of our genes. We can really be empowered, and and it starts by really taking care of ourselves. Like like uh, uh, Nicole said, she empowers her clients. She shows them what to do. Like, you know, we could do all that stuff. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today at Healthy View Radio. Please stop by and visit us at HealthyViewRadio.com, where you can watch us recording this show live every week. Please subscribe on iTunes and spread the word. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy View Radio. Please join Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighouse again for another fun and insightful edition of our show. We're live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you soon.